Welcome to Ancestral Medicine for Modern Times. My name is Dr. Jonathan Flores and I'm happy to be your guide on this journey. I am a physician and shaman. For over 16 years, I have devoted my life to the shamanic healing studies with ayahuasca and San Pedro cactus. The work with patients from all over the world led me to create the SIT method, comprehensive emotional therapy method, which combines powerful native ancestral knowledge with modern life coaching techniques. Recovering your natural power, reconnecting with your instinct, breaking with all patterns that holds you back. Manuel Villascusa is a clinical psychologist and a researcher of the use of ayahuasca, an Amazonian visionary brew, as a practice for psycho-spiritual growth. As a musician, he has learned from many spiritual traditions that use music as a way of celebrating life and experience the divine within us. As mantra chanting and shamanic singing from all over the world. He has recorded five albums with the bands Okno and Freedom Cafe. He has received teachings from many different ayahuasca traditions, amongst them the Santo Daime Brazilian Church and the Amazonian Shuar Indians with whom he was initiated in the Natemamo Rite of Passage. Since 1998, he has been working with and learning from curanderos and healers from Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia. He has 20 years experience leading plant medicine retreats internationally. Hi, Manuel. Thank you very much for being here. How are you? Hi, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm very excited about this interview. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we, we met you through your music, your beautiful, mm -hmm. your beautiful music that you have recorded in, in these uh, Freedom Cafe albums. They mm -hmm. are amazing. Thank and you. Uh, we were uh, in, in this uh, podcast, we have, we work with the medicine, medicine ancestral, uh, ancestral medicine for modern times. So mm -hmm. you you were a, you were a special guest for us, being a ayahuasca practitioner and a mm -hmm. musician, a healer, a music therapist mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. So can you start? Can we start? I know your first encounter with ayahuasca medicine was in London. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us the reasons that led you to attend the, that first ceremony? Well, I I am a psychologist, and I think what led me to study psychology was the study of the human mind, you know, the study of the psyche. And I was always very interested in all the years uh, from the 50s and the 60s in the 20th century where there was uh, in research on psychedelic uh, medicine or psychedelic practices. Then at the end of the 60s, uh, Richard Nixon started the war on drugs and stopped all, all research. And now there is that this, what they call the psychedelic renaissance that is happening. You know, so people are allowed to research again and the results are, are very promising. So for me, my first contact was with the, uh, with the Western tradition, you know, with the with the classic psychedelics like LSD or psilocybin. Um, then, even if it was outlawed in the, in the 60s, 
the psychedelic um, medicine did not disappear, but it went underground. You know? um, there is this wonderful book by Michael Pollan, you know, the, the How to Change, change Your, your mind. mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he speaks about all this, all this history that is fascinating. So there was like for all these years, there has been underground therapists that kept on doing this work. And also uh, underground teachers of this, of this practice. So my first contact was with one of these teachers that he, he came from the lineage of Maria Sabina in, uh, in Mexico and Salvador Roquette that was a Mexican psychiatrist who worked with Ololiuki and magic mushrooms and, and different traditional plant medicines. And that was my first contact. Then I heard about ayahuasca and my first contact with ayahuasca was with, uh, with the Brazilian Santo Daime tradition, that it's like syncretic church, and it's like they do these uh, rituals when, where there is a mix between Christian beliefs and Afro-American, like Umbanda uh, traditions, and also ayahuasca as a sacrament. Um, this was my this first contact with ayahuasca was with the, with the Brazilian tradition that is very different from the Peruvian or Equatorian or or Colombian. And one of the, the things about the Brazilian way of taking ayahuasca is that the music is so important. It's like uh, everybody sings. Usually in Peru or in Colombia, it's just the taita that sings. No? Uh-huh. And the rest of the participants, they just listen. With the Brazilian style, everybody in the, in the ceremony sings together. So for me, that I am a musician, that, that was... That was great, you not know, being able to join. And it, it was, an, yeah, the, the first experience was like life defining for me because I, I realized uh, that this singing with other people in this kind of medicine rituals, that, that was what I wanted to do in this lifetime. So that that was like twenty years ago, and you know, I, I keep on keep on working this path. It, it's like being a, a musician and a psychologist at the same time. So like... Yes, <laughs> yes. For for me, it was a revelation because all my life, all these two paths—the path of psychology and the path of music—they were in conflict. You uh-huh. know, it's like. Uh, when I was young, I, I played in rock bands and I wanted to be a full-on musician, but at the same time, I was continuing my psychology career and they were like, uh, there was a tension between these two activities. There was like a conflict. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. I was torn between the two. And then in one ayahuasca ceremony, the plant just told me that the the my life until now was walking these two paths that now were together and it was a preparation for for the path that uh, that waited for me you know i was preparing myself for doing this training as a psychologist and training as a musician and that wow. moment I, I experienced like enormous gratitude and clarity about about what was my mission here you know 
It's amazing. It's amazing. Hmm. And this is something I've seen very often in, in ayahuasca ceremonies. People that are lost or confused or they don't know exactly what they are, they are supposed to do in this lifetime. And thanks to the contact with the, with the plant, they receive clear guidance about what their role, what their place in this universe is. And this is such an important gift, you know, having clarity about uh, what, what we want to do in this lifetime. Yes, it, indeed. Yeah. It, is, it is like that. This is what ayahuasca is, is doing for all of us, in mm. helping, helping us to, to center in, in our path mm. of love, you know? Hmm. Where, where we can share our message, our inner message, you know, these, these yeah. things that we have inside, so like, what, what I do with this? You know? How I put it outside? <laughs> How I can be a psychologist and a musician at the same time? So, like, hmm. so become an ayahuasca practitioner and, heal, and, and sing Icarus to people. <laughs> That's it. Not, not only Icarus, it's like in the yeah. when I find, find my style of leading ceremonies, I realized that the songs that I learned before uh, knowing ayahuasca, uh, like the Beatles song, for instance, of Bob Marley's song, that they were really medicine songs. Uh-huh. It's like the the spiritual uh, quality of the songs, of some songs of the Beatles or some songs uh-huh. of Bob Marley, for instance. They are very, very deep. And... Mm. Uh, uh, Many songs from the Beatles, they composed them when they were in a, in a retreat in, a, in the Himalayas uh-huh. with the Maharishi, and that's where they, they got all that, uh, all this inspiration. And, you know, Bob Marley, he was some sort of a saint in a uh-huh. way, you know? he, yeah. had, he had a deep spirituality. So some of these songs, they really work as medicine songs. They are not traditionally caros, uh-huh. but but they they definitely work yeah. yes it's like argentinian also folklore argentinian folklore is very good also as a medicine mm-hmm. yeah in ceremony i play often you know samba de mi esperanza mm. samba de mi esperanza amanecida como un querer this one is a very very traditional uh, folk argentinian song and the the message is about love. No? Samba, yo a ti te canto porque tu canto derrama amor. Wow. No, I haven't heard this. Who? Wow. Yeah. I, I know it from Jorge Cafrune. Jorge? Cafrune. Cafrune. Yeah, I will yeah. look for it. I know, I haven't heard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, was, I was going to ask, you know, if the... Your contact with the medicine was what, what make you a musician, or you were a musician already, but you already answered me this. You were a yeah. musician before. Yeah, I started at 14 years old playing guitar. Playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. singing. And when you discovered that your music was healing people, because you started this, this ceremony in the ceremony in the, with the Brazilian church, in the Brazilian church, yeah. Indians, no? and then you say, okay, I can do this, you say, no? Yeah. And you start working into this connection of like uh, doing music with purpose or, or with intention of healing, or this was coming little by little? 
Mm, it, it was it was all an, an adventure when uh, when I was um, having the first ceremonies with the Santo Daime in London. I was doing a, a master thesis, an MSc in, uh, psych, in psychotherapy, and as the as the thesis, final thesis, I I, I did it on the therapeutic effects on addictions because what I noticed is that. A lot of people that participate in those ceremonies, they had uh, addiction problems before. And joining the Santo Daime uh, community, they had managed to get healed, you know, uh, be free from their addictions. So I could see that it was a very interesting uh, uh, therapeutic uh, effect of ayahuasca. So I did my, my master's thesis on that. And then when I when I published it, they invited me. It was the year 2003. There was the first ayahuasca conference in in Spain, in Barcelona, and I pre it was ayahuasca y salud. I think it was the name of the conference, and I presented my work there. And there I met um, Dr. Fabregas. He's a psychiatrist that had a clinic for the treatment of drug addicts in the Amazon jungle. And he invited me to go and work there. So I went with him to the Amazon jungle, to the Brazilian Amazon jungle. And uh, we were working with uh, like something around 15 uh, patients, 15 drug addicts. And at the beginning it was, uh, him that was leading the ceremony, the psychiatrist, and I think I stayed there for four months, something like this. And then one day the doctor said, "Oh, I have to go back to to Spain. You, you are in charge." And he left me there with the ayahuasca, uh, with the patients, with the drug addicts, uh, with my guitar. And <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> So I started playing for these people, you know, yeah. because I, I couldn't, there was nothing else I could do. And I could see that it worked. Uh -huh. that, that some songs, they naturally transmitted this kind of um, joy or, or uh, tenderness or compassion or love. It's just like the songs are a very powerful tool for uh, transmitting states, emotional states. So with music, uh, I could transmit these kind of positive uh, emotions to the to the participants, uh -huh. and that was the beginning. Now that you mentioned this uh, this Brazilian this research you were doing in Brazil, I read mm. I read your research. I found it in internet and investigated mm. about yourself. And I found mm. very interesting this this uh, research with drug uh, addicts using mm -hmm. ayahuasca as a main as a main therapeutic method. Yeah. But I also saw that you, you were using yoga, meditation, yeah. uh, tai chi, and, yeah. uh, and also doing drawings, drawings uh, yeah. as a as a taking. I I, I make um I make a, for me it was very interesting because this technique of, of of drawings for me what I see is like is is making them to take a selfie of their inner world before and after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, about what they're doing. So can you can 
could you tell us more about this practice, what you found there to share with us? Well, when we, um, the thing is that I went to this clinic uh, with my wife, you know, and my wife is a yoga teacher. So when we went to the, the clinic really uh, was like a, a group of huts in, in the middle of, of the jungle and with a big uh, maloka in, in the middle. And when we got there, we saw that there was no, no structure to the, to the treatment. And just before, with my wife, we had been living and studying in a yoga ashram. So what we did is continue the life we did in the yoga ashram. So at six o'clock in the morning, we waked up everybody and we started practicing yoga. And then we taught uh, meditation to the, to the participants and mindfulness. Like, um, Then I, I was also a Tai Chi teacher at the time. So I, I also taught them Tai Chi. The thing is that we were in the jungle from three days uh, in Kanoa from the nearest little village. And in the jungle, there, were, there was really nothing to do. We were there and how can we use the time? And so what we did was a program with yoga, meditation, Tai Chi, and integration through painting. And in that way, we had like a, a structure. So uh, there was no, not too much time like doing doing nothing you know so the paintings is as you said it's like a selfie you know i remember some some people that came to to the treatment they had like a terrible lifestyle it's like some people were uh, narcos or were drug, uh, drug dealers and they lived in a, a life full of violence and uh so the first drawings they did, they were all like uh, with uh, skeletons and skulls and guns and all in black. They were really disturbing paintings. And little by little, as the treatment went on, you could see that the, the color started coming in, you know? It's like the, the, the painting started becoming more colorful. There was... At one point, there was this. Uh, but one uh, question: When they were drawing yeah. the first pictures, they were they were having the option to use colors or not? So, they had they had the option, so, but they, they, didn't they didn't use it. it. Uh -huh. No, oh, no, wow. no, yeah, yeah. It's, it was all in black. Yeah, and then at some point, uh, one of them he was painting like the image of somebody stabbing a woman. He was like stabbing, wow. and at the end of the, uh, of, of, of the, what do you call, of the, of the sword, you know, there was like a, a drop of blood. And then he took the color red and he painted the blood red. And that was the first color he did. Wow. And that was the beginning. Uh, three months later, he was painting everything in fluorescent, uh, yellow, uh, green, orange he took all the you know the highlighters uh -huh, uh -huh. he took hold of some highlighters and it was like a psychedelic uh, you know uh, explosion you know well, what he started um, and you could see following the paintings 
how there was an uh, an evolution of of the person. There is a conference in in YouTube that I gave at the breaking convention, I think like four years ago, mm-hmm. at the Greenwich University, and I present uh, the drawings of uh, four participants through time since the beginning and at the end eight years later and you could see in the drawings how their personality had evolved wow uh, it's, it's very um, inspiring to see i can send you the link later yeah. please I, yeah. I you sent me you sent me two links. I I, I watched uh-huh. both, you know, I, uh-huh. and I saw this. But the problem in the first video you showed me, they were showing the progression. You were explaining, but mm-hmm. the, the 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 person that was managed uh, using the the camera didn't follow you when you were describing the, the, the paintings. Pic- yeah. Oh, the, the there are some paintings you're describing, and that is what yeah. you're what you're describing. And then you're describing another painting, or so the evolution. Uh-huh. And the or the painting is not there. Also. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to do it the best they could, but yeah, some of the of the paintings that do not appear. That's true. But most of them they, they can appear. So you can have an idea of what yes. was the beginning and what was the end, you know, how the person could evolve. Also it's very helpful because it's non verbal. So it's a way of expressing themselves non verbally. And it's very helpful because very often the teachings we can receive from ayahuasca, it's something that is beyond the intellect, is beyond the language. So sometimes if the person has to explain what they have learned, it's difficult to put it into words. But, but painting, it's a bit easier, you know, in that way, because it's, there is a nonverbal expression, so it's a bit more direct. Yes, and, and, and allows the person also to be more intimate with the with the mm. with the message. Also, mm-hmm. Because sometimes the people try to find these the words for for the feeling or for the experience or for or for what they saw. Mm. It's, it's difficult in words no? to mm. put in words. So picture there is a quote no that says no a picture has one thousand words in it, no? Something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Una imagen vale más que mil palabras. Uh-huh. Sí, señor. Yeah. <laughs> so you as a, as a researcher, which limitations uh, do you find on the application of the scientific method in the teacher plants research nowadays? Yeah, the problem with the scientific method, the Western scientific method, is that it tries to isolate the different variables. No, So... For being for being sure about what one medicine one medicine does, they have to take away all the other factors that could influence in the result. So, for instance, what they they did in uh, in Barcelona and now in Switzerland as well, they are experimenting with with uh, ayahuasca. They they give the the ayahuasca in a in a room with no music, no visual stimulus. Uh, they try to do it as clinical as possible, you know. Uh-huh. So they are sure that there are no other factors that influence what is happening to to the person. 
And of course, this is uh, like uh, nonsense because all the traditional medicine is based on on everything that is around the medicine, the uh -huh. group, the leader, the space, the songs, the nature. Um, they are all as important as the medicine. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the same medicine taken with a different group or a different guide or in a different place will have completely different, different uh, effects. So the, the scientific Western scientific method is very limiting in that sense. So at the same time, it's very necessary that we do this kind of, this kind of work first. So these medicines can, can be accepted by our community. There is still a lot of stigma attached to working with uh, plant medicines. There is the uh, belief that they are another kind of drug. So that there can be addiction and abuse and, and harm. So it's very important that these medicines get the kind of approval of the scientific community. But as I said, these kind of studies have very strong limitations. Yeah. So you believe the results that they have are not accurate? They can... They, they can be accurate. They can be accurate, but they, they are m missing a, a lot of uh -huh. potential of these medicines. I talk with people that went to this uh, hospital in Barcelona to do, uh, to take uh, like ayahuasca. And yeah, they said that it was a bit, you know, uncomfortable because the, First, the ayahuasca, they, they had a standardized, leophilized uh, pill. So they, had to, they managed to uh, make a standard uh, ayahuasca and take out the water, uh, leophilized. No? And then they, they did these pills, these huge pills that you had to drink for having exactly, so everybody had exactly the same dose. Is it has to be standardized, you know, what everybody took. Um, yeah, they said that it was a bit cold to take it in, a, in an hospital setting, but the people I talk with, they, they were experienced users of ayahuasca. So what they did is just remember all the ceremonies and sing their favorite Icaros in their minds. Um, so they could, have, they could have a good experience. But I don't know how it would work with somebody who, who hasn't had uh, any experience of participating in a traditional ayahuasca ritual mm -hmm. and has the first contact with the plant medicine in a hospital room. Mm -hmm. What will happen? You know, I, I don't know. But probably it's very different that what would happen if there is a group and if there are songs and if there is like this ritual that is guiding the experience. At the same time, not everybody is doing it in this kind of clinical way. This is happening because 
ayahuasca is uh, now going through the first uh, scientific studies, but with other substances that have more uh, that have been studied before, like psilocybin. Uh-huh. I know that in psilocybin there is lots of research going on now, especially in the United States, and they do things a little bit better. You no, know? they they don't uh, give the psilocybin in a cold hospital room. They choose like a nice room with a sofa with cozy, you know, car cushions and some decorations and some Buddha figures and and they put headphones and they put music. lovely good yeah. good music and the guides uh, usually it's a man and a woman and it's experienced people that know how to transmit trust and and reassure and so they are doing things the way they should be done you know but. Uh, up till now, something like that hasn't been done with ayahuasca. Somebody will do it at some point, but it hasn't been done yet. Yeah, I believe I agree with you that the the science want want to study something that is not just a substance, that is a yeah. spiritual uh, being and a spiritual experience, yeah. and that and that need a connection. O sea, need connection with the environment, o sea, with other people, with the smell of uh, incense, with the smell of tobacco, with the smell of fire, with the sm- yeah. Yeah, being able to touch uh, once in a while the, the earth, the, the ground. No? Yeah. 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 With a community, with, with a, a community, community around, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because uh, what, what we have learned in this, in this work is that the, the family, the community is the, is the, Big medicine. Yeah. medicine. If, if psychedelics get, they will get legal at some point, I'm sure, because all the all this research is pointing to the to the fact that they are very useful medicines. But I don't think they will be sold in pharmacy like you go and you take a psilocybin or an ayahuasca pill and then you go home on your own and you take it. I don't think it will work like that. Mm-hmm. Because it, it doesn't work like that. It's something that goes uh, much beyond what is the paradigm of, of pharmaceutical medicines right now. That it's just the substance and the effect that it does. Uh-huh. So I imagine there will be places uh, where you can go and and take these medicines in a, in a good setting. Um, I hope that we will be able to see that, how these centers, like the one, uh, I checked a bit your website and it looks like a, like a place where you can do this kind of work. You know? Yeah, so thank you. It's very important that places like that uh, are created. You know? Yeah, for us, this is what I share always with people. So the people is looking for the medicine and I say, you must look, the family that is behind the medicine where you're going to drink. That is very important. Of course. Because the family is the essence of the practice of the ayahuasca. Yeah. I know there are some masters that that work alone with her family, and that's why many problems happen. When you Uh work with your family, with your wife, Mm -hmm. no problems happen. Your wife is always there helping you to see things that sometimes we cannot see even 
as a as a ayahuasca visionary practitioner. <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah, and so the presence, and so here, for example, we 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 receive family, we receive people in the context of a family environment. So okay. we invite people to live with us. Uh-huh. We call it retreat, but because you have to call it retreat because people don't understand the concept of of, a fa- of an invitation to a family that doesn't that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then when people come, they found the family and they say, "Wow, what is this?" You know, because the teachings of the, of the medicine must be practiced by the people that is behind the medicine. Yeah. Yeah, that's our point. That's our, our view, our perception. Yeah. Yeah, and the problem with the scientific method is that you cannot standardize one kind of family, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, uh, it's something that you cannot predict. No. You know, the, the scientific method is based on replication of the same effects with the same conditions. That's how it works. Uh-huh. But in, in this case, every family is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, every family is unique. Yes. Yeah. It's an organic uh, being. It's a life being that has yeah. its own expression. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Which uh, which difference or, or similarities you find between uh, Western practitioners uh, with working with ayahuasca and curanderos vegetalistas? Okay, I think that. Uh, when working in in the West with with those with those medicines, uh, what uh, we have done is try to learn from the from the curanderos, from the vegetalistas that are the ones that have kept alive these traditions. So, what I have seen that is kind of um, the same the same practice is, for instance. Uh, the idea that the ceremonies are made in a in a circle, in a group, you know, in, in in a circle, usually by night, uh, uh, usually in darkness or maybe with a little candle in, in, in the middle, and the ceremony is guided with uh, medicine songs and moments of silence too. So. Uh, also, there is the the restrictions, the dieta to follow the days the days before and, and after. You know, like no no red meat, no alcohol, all, all this kind of stuff. So all this is uh, the same. I think most practitioners that I've seen in in the West they m- maintain this kind of tradition. Then other things. Uh, are different, you know. Uh, for instance, one one very interesting thing that that happens in this translation from the jungle to to the cities or from the jungle to the west you know, of of this of this tradition is that in in the west all the dark part hasn't arrived. So, for instance, in Europe, in ayahuasca circles, there is no talk about brujería, for instance, about witchcraft. Uh-huh. Instead, if you, if you go to Peru, basically you are going to hear about that. Uh-huh. They're going to tell you that everything is a battle between evil curanderos, not even brujos, no evil brujos, and the curanderos uh-huh. who are kind of fighting against them. And it's all 
this universe, it's based on this kind of uh, battle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. And now here in the, in the West, uh, this hasn't appeared. No, there is. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's not part of our culture at all. You know, it's something that uh, it's not in our worldview. Uh-huh. So your culture. Yeah. So in a way, this is in a way this is good because it's uh, uh, you know the the dark side of of these practices can be very heavy. You know, uh-huh. Yes. Sometimes and scary too. Um, so I think this is a good a good way that uh, that there is like this purification of this practice that has happened uh, in the in the transition. Um, and what what else? Uh, I think also the all the sharing. You know, when when I have drunk in Brazil or Ecuador, in, in Colombia, in Peru, uh, usually after the ceremony, there is no sharing. It's like, there is no like circle sharing that everybody says to the circle what they have experienced. This is something completely Western. This is, uh, have, have you seen something like that in, in traditional, like people sharing after the ceremony? Sharing what? Uh, continue, the experience. The, no, the uh, experience. Uh, yes, we uh, in the Kofan tradition, where I come from, they, they do it. Uh, ah, they do it. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. day after, they talk about what they have seen. O sea, the, 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 master, o sea, the shaman, the master, the guide, it, it's always open to talk about, o sea, he don't... Uh-huh. He don't pursue like specifically like okay let's sit and let's talk about this but he ah, okay. uh, the he talks he goes to you and talks to you during oh. the ceremony and after okay. the ceremony ah, okay uh, when okay. he saw something with the medicine or some behavior that pop ups with you he uh-huh. let you work it and then later uh-huh. he uh, sometimes by the fire or sometimes by the hammock he okay. shared with you what he saw no but it okay. depends but they only talk uh, if the person is open to receive okay so okay. like then then uh-huh. he has the his teach his master his grandpa teaching like it's very good not just to give the medicine but give them teaching to people so like okay like to give so he talks he so i come from this from this um, lineage of, of sharing with people and and paying attention what's going on with them and uh-huh. and giving feedbacks no giving feedback mm. and also the medicine allowed you to see what's going on mm. like this uh-huh yeah that's good yeah it's very it's very good mm. but it's not it's true that it's not it's not common uh, for example in the shuar tradition i have been with the shuar i have been with the sachilas they don't they don't even speak nothing to you they just give you the medicine and you if you are okay good if you are not okay good <laughs> so it's like it's your i'm i'm more and i'm more i suffer a lot at the beginning in my learnings uh, and until i found some so the, the the family that really supports me and and, and teach me uh, so there is a way, there is a path, there is a way of integration, there is a way of learning, there is a way of understanding all these symbols. 
Mm. Um, but it takes me years because normally I don't know. In a in a way, I I understand, but some some tribes or traditions are not open to to teach. For example, Shuar yeah. traditions. I was my first master, Taita Segundo. He he teach me for how to cook it, the medicine. But then, uh, but he takes a lot of years later to explain me more. O sea, like took years, uh-huh. years with him to to explain me something. It's okay. not like you go inside the Western; you can ask and, yeah. and have more, uh, more faster the questions about what's going on. No, but for them, they yeah. don't know, and they have also belief that the what the medicine shows you, it is uh, very sacred, and it, and if it shows you, sometimes there is visions that are are group visions and some visions uh-huh. are, are private okay so, so he said that the visions that are not a group vision that is only being shown to you is not uh-huh. good to share immediately okay okay say because it's like a, it's a, a medicine it's a it's a medicine for you it's an energy that came to you yeah. and if you talk about that immediately you you are giving this this energy back instead of letting it settle down and uh, get it mature Okay. Let it belong to you, and then you share it. Okay. It doesn't go. So this is uh, the belief, no mm. belief, uh, mm-hmm. belief system. Mm. Mm-hmm. In these twenty years working with ayahuasca, what uh, risks and dangers have you encountered, and how do you overcome them? Okay, so it's very important to be aware that <clears throat> ayahuasca is not for everybody. It's like people with. Uh, schizophrenia, uh, severe psychiatric disorders or bipolar disorder, uh, they they are not uh, suitable for taking this medicine because it, it can it can worsen their condition. You know? Some people who has psychotic uh, breakdowns, uh, if they take ayahuasca, they can go through a psychotic breakdown. So it's very important to um, interview and filter all the participants, you know. And yeah, and this is this is what when when accidents happen, you know. There was like uh, uh, I think it was last year, you no, know, one Canadian guy was in the in, with the Shipibo and he became psychotic and he just killed the. The woman, medicine woman, that was uh, uh, leading the the ceremonies. He just shot her, and then the tribe uh, lynched this guy, and they killed that guy. It was it was uh, uh, a tragedy, but this this was because they they didn't kind of filter people with with uh, psychiatric disorders, and they so, didn't check the box also how they allowed the guns there, no. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So this guy was in the ceremony, and then he. Stand no, up. It, it it was not during the ceremony. It was he was there for uh for quite a long time for a few months, and he became like worse and worse. And at some point he was psychotic. He was delusional, and one day it was outside of a ceremony. One day he took a gun. He went to the to the maestra, no, to the medicine woman, and he shot her. He killed her. Wow! And did, where did this happen in Peru? It was in Peru, yeah. It was the family, you know, Guillermo Arevalo? Guillermo Arevalo, no. Yeah, Quetzembeza. But it was his part of his family. 
and yeah, he uh, and then the the tribe they just lynch him, they they hunt him, they hunt the poor guy. I, it was tragic. Also, there was uh, a few years ago in in one ayahuasca center in Peru, one guy who became psychotic and he just stabbed another participant. So it's very very important to. Uh, interview and filter the people that are going to participate because not everybody is going to benefit from from this way of working have you had experience in a psych have you in these 20 years have you experienced this in your work so this is the, the good part that it's very very rare and, and this is great that means that the world with ayahuasca is it's very very safe in 20 years uh, i think i've maybe seen like more than 20,000 people drinking and i've just seen one case of of somebody who had difficulties in in coming down in coming back uh, it, I was not leading the ceremony. It was uh, another curandero who who used to work with very high dosage, and this person, the day after, the morning after, was still in a delusional state. She was very high and very agitated, and it lasted for a few days more until uh, she had to receive psychiatric help, and she took some. Uh, you know, antipsychotic medicine, and then she calmed down. But that was the first time that, at first and only time, that I saw something like that happening. You know, during the ceremony, you can see very spectacular things. I've seen a, a lot of things like exorcism or possessions, or uh, people uh, like going through very spectacular processes. But uh, 99.99999% in the morning, they're okay. Mm -hmm. Just uh, one in 20,000, in my experience, that has had this difficulty in coming back. And uh, what advice you can give to people uh, when they look to go to a place to, to drink the ayahuasca, about what tips they can check before they, they go Okay, I would say the main, main thing is word of mouth. Go to a place that somebody that you know and trust has been and recommends. So this is the ideal thing. Only go to someone that somebody that, that you know has been there and can tell you that they are okay, because that's very, very important. So in now in in europe there is like some associations that are doing a lot of publicity through the internet and i wouldn't recommend go to go to somebody that you have seen an, an ad in facebook for instance or in in social media because it's as as we said before the the most important thing is the family behind mm -hmm. yeah i was so the family must be it must be it must be good it must they, they must do a, a good work and if people are doing just uh, publicity very often the intentions behind it are, are not so pure so i would say to first go to somebody that uh, has been recommended if you don't know anyone 
that has been to ayahuasca uh, ceremony and you really want to have this experience, then there are some some resources in the in the in the web like there I don't remember now the name of the websites but there are some websites like TripAdvisor but with uh, retreats in uh, in the Amazon. Uh, I will have to but just uh, like a check in in Google should should give uh, the name of this of this web page and then you can you can hear feedback about those those centers and choose one that feels that feels suitable, you know. Uh, in your case, for, are, for for example, in your in your case, for example, you have twenty years experience. Yeah. You have created your your method. Uh, you mm. work with the family. For yeah. example, nowadays that there is a there is a popping up a lot of digital marketing in in the center of centers for drinking ayahuasca or yeah. or, or on other plants sacred plants um, for example do you believe it would be good also if you can uh, say to people like you are here also for example uh -huh. you're doing a good work you have a you have a, test, a, a life testimony of 20 years so it's, it's also good to say to people there is safe, safe places also uh -huh. so I believe they, they, I believe like we must not judge so hard no the the, the marketing it uh -huh. depends it depends who is behind no so. yeah. yeah 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 the thing is that um i see at, at least in in europe most of the people uh, working they are doing good work like mm. mo most of the and also i think also in in the in the jungle most of the people they they are do they are doing a a good enough work but there is this kind of um, minority of people doing like, like very very bad work there are some people mixing lots of medicines together like they give cambo and yopo and bufo and uh, ayahuasca and Pedro. And Pedro, and Pedro, all together you know yeah. and of course some people they go out of their heads yeah. you know? but this is a minority you know this mm -hmm. is a, but they are very noisy minority because they if you go and look uh, internet about about ayahuasca, probably this kind of people are going to to be the first thing that will appear in your search because they pay thousands of of uh, dollars of euros for being first in the in the Google search. You know? So yeah, this is the message that I want to to give. You know? uh, don't trust people that spend thousands and thousands in in internet. Uh, publicity because it's it's more like a like a big corporation so um, the people that are guiding the ceremonies are not prepared and they have had many accidents mm -hmm. so but as I say it's uh, it's enough just to avoid these these kind of people and then go to anyone that you have received a good a good feedback you know, there is like this this it works by word of mouth people go to a center or with a family and they have a good experience and then they tell their friends and their family uh -huh. and that's how groups are formed yes and it's yeah. slowly it's the it's, it's a lifetime work it's not of course yeah of course mm -hmm. yes yeah. 
agree. That's how, how we do it also, yeah. A little bit yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's about helping people. It's about serving. It's not about yeah. the, the money. Hmm. It's okay to earn money for having a good living and, and growing, but not letting it to be the number one uh -huh. concern. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but this organization recently, I read that they are spending a quarter of a million euros a year just in, in marketing. You wow. know, it's like, it's huge. $250,000. Yes, that's what they say. I, I imagine it. <laughs> I imagine they are exaggerating, but even if, it, even if it's a hundred times less, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. super crazy yeah and this is something that we are going to to see in the next years because for instance in the in the states now psilocybin it's very near you know i, I mean you're a medical doctor you know all the process for a for a pharmaceutical medicine to go through all the stages of approval first with animals then with humans it's all these trials no and when you finish this process that usually is very long and expensive, then the FDA in the state, they give the authorization so mm -hmm. you can sell this medicine in, in pharmacies. Mm -hmm. So psilocybin and MDMA, they are on the nearly finishing all this, yes. all this process. Psilocybin has been given the compassionate medicine uh, status. So even if it's not yet cleared, uh, finished all this process of trial, uh, the result, preliminary results are so good that the FDA has approved its use with uh, patients that need it, you know? So it's going to become a legal pharmaceutical medicine very soon. But what happens? Uh, Psilocybin and magic mushrooms have been part of an underground psychedelic culture that is very strong in the United States. Uh -huh. uh, and what is happening now, there is already one corporation that has uh, managed to patent and do a copyright on the, world, on, the, on the word psilocybin and on the preparation of psilocybin. So American people uh, will only be able to get their psilocybin from this corporation. You know, mm -hmm. wow. so it's like it's big business that is getting into into this <laughs> in, into this world that uh, traditionally has been underground and very, you know, like critical of the system. Uh -huh. So there is this kind of conflict. And it's going to be very interesting how this tension will uh, will resolve itself. And it will at some point, but there is quite a bit of, of tension there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a now. Before it was a, a regulation problem, now going to be a pharmaceutical problem battle. <laughs> yeah. who, who gets who gets the, who gets the more pills sell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, how you it's. Uh, in the traditions that, that we have studied, it's, there is a way of taking the medicine and learning the way of working with the medicines that is already established, but this is completely missing in our, in our culture. 
what we have in our culture is the medical pharmaceutical uh, uh-huh. and in, I, I am very curious to see how psychedelics will be uh, assimilated in the medical pharmaceutical western system uh, it's not going to be straight away and 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 this is the I saw I was like if they open this, I believe they're gonna come uh, born new churches because the, mm. I, what they are not talking about is, is they have found that uh, after the default network uh, system get mm. uh, unlocked, so yeah. you can reach more more areas of your of your conscious. Uh, they have found yeah. that the consciousness is is not is not uh, based on the default mode, or so on your personality. Mm-hmm. Your consciousness mm-hmm. is something beyond that. No, so then comes all yeah. the all the mystical experience and and the the mystical I don't know uh, communication with with other beings. No, mm-hmm. so in a way, I believe uh, we need. Uh, I see, you know, very important to, to uh, we need more than ever uh, the family to be stronger in the simple yeah. practice of love and, and respect and care because people is going to get connected with a lot of, 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 of angelical information or, or inner, uh, I don't know, uh, other dimensional information. And mm. what I see, for example, with the Sapito Alvarius, what is happening in the the BMTO, I believe is uh-huh. in Mexico. Many people mm-hmm. are experienced uh, this this outside uh, uh, experience, spirit experience, you know, about uh, about outside the body, and they recognize mm-hmm. themselves that they are not part of the body. And most mm-hmm. of people, they when they come back, they feel uncomfortable in the ah. living the body, living the life in the body. Okay, being human. Uh huh. And this is causing like a. a, a some people uh, try a lot of uh, suicides, uh, try oh, to no. harm themselves. Yes, this oh. is becoming a problem in Mexico now. Okay. Yeah. So now imagine if it's open. This uh, what happened if someone have a, a breakthrough, a greater consciousness uh-huh. to go beyond, mm. and and when they come back, they say, okay, why we are doing here, or if they don't want to be here in this life, no, yeah. enjoying the human experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a challenge. Uh, yeah, I think this is what happens when pe- these people have access to um, extreme spiritual experiences without having a solid spiritual background. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, because when you when you are uh, trained or when you follow a, a spiritual path, one of the the first lessons you get is the the acceptance of, of what is. You know, mm-hmm. It's like if you are in a human body right now, okay, you just accept it. You know, you don't try it to be different. Or uh, and the what these people are experiencing is is this rejection of of their of their state. So uh, they would need somebody to tell them what's up how come you are not accepting who you are at that point you know what is this part of you who is who is rejecting and unfortunately there there are not this is another problem with the sapito that it's becoming very fashionable here in europe and lots of people you know giving it and and it can be a very strong uh 
uh, experience and then after 20 minutes it's over and, and people are, are left there. What do I do with all this? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's not like with the ayahuasca that there is all a ritual and then there is some sort of uh, uh, integration later and there is a family that supports. All this is missing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. So we. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what you said about that of Mexico, but it makes sense. You know, it's happening already. No, I mm. can I can contact you later with some people that is working with this, and and mm. it's, it's it's terrible. And, and the problem is that people is using because this is not legalized. Properly, mm. was about said now. my master, like my master says, everybody can give the medicine. Yeah, but but when the things go wrong, not everybody can solve things. No, so of course. Yeah. So this is the, the thing now. Many people are using these tools, but these mm. tools are 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 very powerful. So it's not it's not for. So they give it to people, mm. and they are not experienced, and this is what is causing people cannot integrate. Uh, so they don't. They don't do, for example, the interview about why they they want to go deep in this spiritual journey. So why you mm. want to go? Why you want to dive in? So yeah. your curiosity is not is is not a good uh, recommendation. So yeah, you must go for a purpose, for intention, because then you you're going to get more than than maybe you can handle. Mm. And then what mm -hmm. you want to do is if you are not going to be responsible of that. Mm. And also, yeah. At the same time, our society is it's needing some sort of experience of the spiritual dimension because uh, it's, uh, we, we live in a very materialistic culture. Uh -huh. and I think it's the first time in the, in the history of humanity that we are in a culture that it's 100% materialistic. Always there has been, in every culture, there has been a spiritual aspect or uh, some beliefs or some rituals, some rites of passage, practices. And this is the first time in the history of humankind that all, all that is not there. Yes. It's missing. Uh -huh. So uh, there is a need. This is why all these practices are becoming so popular because people really feel the need of exploring their spiritual dimension. Mm -hmm. And with this what you mentioned, mentioned the rite of passage is yeah. very important in every tribe, yeah. in the Indian tribes, in the in the ancient times, they recognize the 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 cycles of the human, or so the cycles yeah. of, of the stage of growing and how to yeah. help the individual to to go through that. To know when you yeah. stop being a child, when it's become a young man, when it becomes yeah. a man, when it becomes a, a a master in something, when it becomes he an old man, yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. It's very important that it's very yeah. important, yeah. and I believe the ceremony allowed this to go to to. I have experienced, for example, in my work, many young uh, people between twenty five years and thirty years that they have difficulties to find their 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 place because they cannot let out the teenager mm -hmm. and take responsibility of their life. So like, uh, I have found this very, very interesting. And yeah. the medicine really go help them to to go through. Okay, it's not so bad. I, I, I uh, it's not so terrible. So I can manage this. I can go through. I can mm -hmm. be responsible. 
<laughs> I, I can grow up. I can grow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just was needing someone to tell me that it was fun. <laughs> that was not so boring. No? That you can, that you can, for example, mix uh, music and psychologists together. For example, <laughs> that you have to wait to work as a psychologist eight eight hours and then later go to the bar and play some music with the band. <laughs> No, you can do everything together. It's beautiful. And this is a very good example. You're a very good example. And I, I love that. Thank you for what you're doing for your work. Uh, it's beautiful. It's very inspiring. And and uh, it helped you. For example, what, what I mentioned you know, to, to young people that are looking for become an artist or become a musician. To start, many people, there is musician, you you, you can listen. Oh, I cannot. Musician doesn't give you money. You cannot live being a musician. Mm. Most of people say that. Yes, as a, as a traditional way, separate from everything. Yes, but if you can mm. take this music you want to create and you integrate with an art, mm. you have no idea what you can create. Then you can have a lot of money, and then you say, "Okay, what are I going to do with this with this money?" <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that lots of people they they always say this. You know, I cannot earn a living being a musician. At the same time, the world is full of musicians. You know, yeah. it's, it's if you feel the calling, it's a it's unavoidable. You cannot live without making music. As a musician, what is the biggest challenge that has been presented to you? Mm, biggest challenge. Understanding music theory, I am very sick. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very complicated, you know, chord structure, you know, harmonic scales and all that. All that, that is music theory. When I get it, I feel like this kind of sense of satisfaction. Yeah, of course, this all uh, fits and it's beautiful. It's like mathematics, no? Uh -huh. It's like a whole universe. But I was not uh, good at mathematics at school. I was more on the literature side. So that's my, my big challenge. Um, yeah, and slowly but slowly I, I keep on trying to learn a, a bit. But I've been always been like uh, learning things by ear, you know. Um, I cannot read music. For, when I can read music, but really slowly, you know, so. So you play from the heart. Yeah, yeah. So from the ear. Yeah, from the ear, yeah, the best. Yeah, me too. We do the same. It's uh, difficult. Yeah. 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 But it's a limitation, you know. I really admire people that have put the effort and the time for studying music theory and they understand what it's all about. It's a, it's uh it's fascinating. It's another language. And, some people believe it's the language of God, you know, it's all the vibrations and all this mathematical relationship between vibrations. Uh -huh. It's really, it's really beautiful. Yes, it is. It is. Can you tell us a story of a time in your journey that you experienced a moment of crisis or something that didn't happen as you expected? And what was this big lesson you learned from this? Well, uh, Talking about uh, rite of passage, I think, and crisis, I think one of the toughest that I had to go through was actually in Ecuador, in your country. 
uh, I went to the to Oriente, to Macas, and then the Rio Morona. I took the Rio Morona, and we we went to uh, with the Shuar community to live with them for some time, and then we went through the rite of passage of uh, Natemamo. Uh-huh. Uh, and the rite of passage of Natemamo consists in for many days in a row you have to drink ayahuasca and ayahuasca tea uh buckets of it liters and liters of it and you drink and you drink and you drink and then you vomit and you vomit and you vomit and you drink for hours until the sun comes down and i think this is the toughest thing i've ever made because at some point the body the body is telling you stop stop i cannot drink another another bucket of ayahuasca please stop this and all the body rejects it but then the 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 shuar the curanderos and, and they are telling you uh marta 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 that means drink 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 no? um kakaram kakaram that means be strong no? and, and then you keep on drinking until you faint and when you faint, they take it back to the hammock and then you sleep until the next day when everything starts again. Mm-hmm. And usually it takes like a week or something like this. And what I've learned about that was about limitations, you know, how to get in touch with the limitations and how it's possible to go beyond them, how to push the boundaries. That's, that's what I learned that when you think you cannot uh, go on anymore, there is like a possibility of of uh, transcending the limit. Uh-huh. If you really are focused and, and have the, the will to do it, it's always possible. And this is why this uh, rite of passage after you go through you become much more strong and confident because you know what you are capable of. So the life difficulties, they don't, they don't seem so, so bad. You know, everything is relative. Uh-huh. You, know, you, you, you feel more prepared. And this it was very, very deep teaching. Yeah. And I think this is, something that is missing in Western culture, like confronting oneself situations or rights that you, you confront yourself to your limitations and you have the, the possibility of transcending them. I think this is missing. And the, the Shuar Indians, for, they, they keep on doing this. And in that way, they, when, when you know them, you have seen them, they are really sure of themselves. They are like, Usually they have this warrior mentality, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, I think it was worthwhile. I, I wouldn't do it again, you know. It's something that uh, when I finish it, I say, "Oh, I'm so glad I'm never, <laughs> I haven't to do this again in my life." But I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, I did. I did it uh, once also, and I don't do it again. No. No, the, the no, yeah, those things. Oh, and I remember there was a, 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 a another person that was with diarrhea in uh-huh. the 
and he had really a bad time doing and he still yeah. do it he do he, he uh, yeah, was amazing yeah but wow. but it's really where you said it's super tough, uh, but you don't know you can do it until you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, it's a, it's a for for us that we, we were raised in a city environment. It's a, you really uh, become more stronger. Yeah. Because it yeah. it, it pushes you in a li body limits, mind limits, yeah. emotional limits. So sometimes you go to like, where is my mama to say this master to stop? <laughs> Mama. <laughs> yeah, I remember. What am I doing here? In I am from Madrid. You know, I should be in Madrid. <laughs> house, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the resistance, you know, trying to escape, you know, yeah. looking for yeah. for the perfect excuse to say, okay, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stop, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Do you remember your first inspiration with music? Uh, the first song that came to you? Uh, uh, well, in my life, uh, it was with my parents. My parents uh, loved music. So I remember listening to, to the record player and the music that my parents put at home. So uh, I remember that. This love of music is from very young age, you know, maybe you know three, four years old. And the first time that I kind of experienced something special with music and and with with ayahuasca was after one ceremony, one of the first ceremonies with the Santo Daime in in, in England. Uh, my wife, as I told you, is a yoga teacher. No? So after I went to the ceremony and my wife was in a, in a yoga center in London when they did like singing mantras, you know, uh, on, on the weekends. And she told me, yeah, when you finish the ceremony, come and join us. And you'll see it's beautiful. So I, I went there after the, after the ceremony and I was completely normal. No, it was... Uh, I think the ceremony was on a Saturday and this was on a Sunday. So I went on the Sunday to this yoga place and I sat there, you know, and then they started singing, you know, Kirtan, you know, all these mantras. And then all the effect of the ayahuasca came back <laughs> when, I was, when I was singing this. It was like I, I could access to this blissful state of consciousness just with the, with the, with the songs, with the with the music and there I experienced, I understood that the music was like the key to the spiritual world, at least for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, music was like the way to God. And, and for me, it was the easiest way or the direct way. Um, and yeah, that was this kind of realization, this connection that I keep, that was 20 years ago, and, and I keep cultivating it. When you say God, uh, who, who is this God? Bueno, it's, it's not my idea of God. Is I mean, I've been raised as a Catholic you know, Christian, but I, I, I'm not practicing. So it's not like the Christian God, you know, the Almighty Father that can punish and can... No, no, no. 
Uh, my spiritual beliefs are syncretic. So, uh, of course, I practice yoga since uh, 25 years. So of course, there is a lot of, of Hinduism there. So the idea that God is, is pure consciousness and that uh, our present incarnation is some sort of an illusion of separation and with certain practices we can uh, experience the unity you know? experience the unity with this uh, universal consciousness it's like uh, yeah it's the idea that this this everyday life is maya is an illusion you know and if we if we follow certain path, we can reach to the state where we we can experience this truth behind Maya. No, that is the truth of of a consciousness that creates everything. So, in our culture, we call it God, but you know, it's, you, know you can call it I don't know, Satchitananda. You know, like uh, <laughs> knowledge, uh, joy, and and truth uh -huh. family yeah, yeah, yeah. the buddhists call it emptiness mm. for the buddhists there is the void but it's, it's the same thing yeah it's a, it, it, that is the point of view from the isolation when they mm. the mountain, yeah when they are in the mountains alone no, they, they found mm -hmm. it, that no the emptiness mm. Yeah, the, for accessing these states of, of connection with the truth, of experience this kind of uh, universal consciousness, you need to uh, make the mind shut up, you know, because the yeah. mind is all the time. So you need to, to have, to transcend the intellect, to transcend the mind. So... This is why when, when we do, in our, in our way of working with ceremonies, before drinking the medicine, we always spend some time meditating and try to bring silence inside. Mm. And what we look for is not so much the visions, but we look for this inner silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. what's really, really, really valuable. And... And the music that we use, sometimes it's a mean, the music is a way for reaching that silence. We give more importance to the silence even than to the music. The music is a, a way of getting to that silence, to that deep silence, inside and outside. And you play so the music in the ceremonies from the beginning to the end, all the with time? Moment, with a lot of silence in the middle. There is silence in the middle, great. Okay. A lot, a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's very important. The silence it's, is yes, very important. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the music goes more in the morning, or so before, before, before morning? It depends. At the, the way we do it is like the, at the beginning of the ceremony, it's more traditional curandero with the chacapa mm -hmm. and singing songs y caros to welcome to call and to welcome the plants. Mm -hmm. 
then uh, I continue with the claros, but playing, you know, hang, the hang drum? Yes, yes. I, I play hang, I play the hang, and this helps to start the mariación, no? to bring it, to bring uh -huh. it up, the hang. It's an instrument with lots of harmonics and overtones, so it's an instrument that is very suitable for that. And this is like the first part. Then on the second part, when the effects of the mariación are not so intense, it comes the more celebrative part. No? So then we can sing Santo Daime hymns, uh -huh. or we can sing man mantras, like uh, we, with Freedom Cafe, we also, the last record we did, it's all the mantras we sing in ceremony. So also singing to Shiva, to Krishna, to Parvati. It's devotion, devotional songs. Uh -huh. So the atmosphere changes it becomes more uh celebra celeb celebration and grateful and you know after but during the 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 like the top of the mariación we sing like icaros and and a lot of silence too yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i believe it's important silence in that moment also. Yeah, yeah 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 very important now you're now that you're talking about Freedom Cafe again. Can you share us what uh, success secrets you have at the moment to record an album? Now you have five albums in your in your uh, biography. Yeah, well, the thing is that now Freedom Cafe they are they are a bit spread over the world. There is the percussionist in Australia, the the hunk player is in Thailand. Uh, one guy is in Hungary, the other is in Switzerland and in Spain. So we are a bit all over the, the planet. So my idea for this year is maybe recording something on my own because I've, I've never recorded uh, a record with my name and on my own. I've always recorded with, with bands, you know. So I have this project of, of going to the studio uh, on my own and playing guitar, hang some percussion and yeah doing a rec a record like solo you know let's see what happens and and this will, so this going to be your first album solo album yeah it will be my first one yeah and what what you have learned in the moment of when you re record so like what is important to be to be ready mm. to record well so the thing with recording is that you have to adapt the, the quality of the medicine songs that are very kind of everybody singing together in circle and the spontaneity of it. And you have to adapt it to the studio situation when you have like a, a click, you know, that sets the time, like click, 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 click. You have to follow that. <laughs> uh, usually, uh, the instruments are played separately. First, you, there is like one guitar track or one drum track. Then you put the voice. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit difficult to keep the spontaneity and the energy of the session of the medicine ceremony and to put it in a record. So what we've done with Freedom Cafe is try to find a mix. So some of the songs we play separate tracks but some of the songs we record them all together in the studio uh -huh. 
Yeah. So we can kind of uh, keep this uh, alive yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah, keep it alive energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. alive and true, like, like yeah. there, the emotion there together. No, not so robotic. Yeah. Like, tick, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not easy. It's no, not easy. it's not easy. No. Of course, it's not. It's not. So. I believe we we're going to we have a we're going to have an, another day another conversation. I love to talk okay. to you. Okay. Good. And thank you for accepting our invitation. For us, uh -huh. it has been an honor to receive you in our podcast oh. of ancestral medicine. Very welcome. And you, you, if someone wants to contact you. Uh, which uh, you can give us now your contacts so people can listen and, and write to you if they, they, they have the necessity. Okay, so for the music, um, you just uh, kind of put Freedom Cafe. Uh, we are in Spotify, in SoundCloud, iTunes. It's like in all the digital platform. If you put Freedom Cafe, you can have access to, to our music. Uh, if you want to contact me, my, you can contact me through Facebook. It's uh, Manuel Villascusa. And if you want to contact directly, uh, my email is uh, manuelvillascusa at gmail.com. It's very easy. It's my name, Manuel Villascusa, all together, at gmail.com. I am based in Madrid, in Spain. But we do we work all over all over Europe, and with Freedom Cafe we also do uh, festivals in during the summer. We play all over Europe too. Thank you, Manuel, for giving your contacts. And mm -hmm. and now we we are finishing this interview with a beautiful song, Ulula el Viento, made from uh, a person in, in Peru. What's the name of of, of her? Okay. Uh, the the author of this Icaro is called uh, Doctora Rosa Giobe. Uh, she is the doctor of uh, the Takiwasi Clinic in Peru, where they work treating uh, drug addicts with traditional Amazonian medicine. And she received this Icaro that is called Ulula el Viento. And Manuel plays it beautiful, and he's in the his this Freedom Cafe, the last mm -hmm. one, I believe. Yes. And uh, now, no, 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 it's not the last. The last one is mantras. The mantras. This one is the one before the last one. Yeah. The one before the last one. Yeah, so yeah. I, I left you with this beautiful song so you can enter in this vibration of medicine music from Manuel Villascusa. Thank you very much, Manuel, for being here. Thank you. Thank you.
Chacrunita pinturera, pinta y pinta con colores, con colores de la tierra. Chacrunita pinturera, pinta y pinta con colores, toditita en las tres Pinta con co- 